Good evening, Pod Squad. It's week 11 in the NFL, and our very own home team is catching fire. Not only have they won three in a row, but their last three victories have come against divisional opponents. Skull! There are only three weeks left here in the regular season, so Jack and Walters are going to be breaking down the road to the playoffs in the Victoria's Secret Fantasy Football League. Injuries, pickups, and fantasy streamers. We'll have it all. The Victorious POD starts right now. I am super dumb. Cool. What's up, dude? How we doing? We uh, we're gonna unmute that mic button. Yeah, that'd be that'd be great. Um, so I'm gonna start it all over again. So <laughs> this is great. All right, what up, Pod Squad? It's your boy Walters here. It is Thursday. Uh, it is Thursday, November nineteenth. Thanks, Al. I see you in the chat there. You're helping me out. It is November 19th. It is week 11 in the NFL. We have Thursday night football action going on. Right meow. Um, let's see here. We're going to unmute Jack. Jack, say what up, buddy. <laughs> What's up, guys? Good to be back. How we doing? Hey, I like that haircut. Um, who's playing? Who's playing? Uh, who's playing football tonight? Uh, they're playing right now. It's the Seahawks and Cardinals. I believe the Seahawks are already up 7-0. Skull. All right. Oh, boy. Um, it's been a day, hasn't it? Hasn't it, Jack? It has. It's been one thing after another, it feels like. There's How are you doing today? Good. You know, hanging in there. We're almost at the end of the week, so it's been it's been a busy week. Uh Christine and I have both been working on some some house stuff tonight and uh feels like we're running all over the place. So just ready to unwind, watch some football and survive to the weekend. Heck yeah, man. Here's the football. Um anything new, anything exciting? Not really. Uh it's been kind of a boring week for us. Um we got some new chairs. We built some furniture tonight. Oh. Christine built furniture. I didn't help at all. I was doing other stuff, but uh, yeah, doing a little house improvement things. And uh, that's, that's the exciting life when you become adults and get older. So how about uh, you guys? The, the new Call of Duty came out. It did. It did indeed. Um, you've been playing it much? Uh, yeah, I have about seven hours, eight hours into zombies already. It's fantastic. I'm, I've made it up to level 26. Ooh. So that's been a lot of fun. So yeah, I hear, I hear this year, uh, zombies and multiplayer and everything all combines into the same to level you up. Yes, it is amazing. I love the fact that you can run around, shoot zombies, and level up not only 
uh, your weapons, but it also levels up your overall character as well. So that is dope. So yeah, that so that's pretty much that pretty much took up my whole weekend last weekend. So that was a lot of fun. So <laughs> so before we get rolling, I just wanted to say I. Ryan Walters. I am the old man here in this group. I am so much older than everybody else. I might as well, you know, might as well uh, get my AARP card. I might as well, you know, get my uh, gravestone ready to go. You know, all that, all that jazz. And being the <laughs> resident old folk in the uh, group, I have no idea how new and shiny things work. Like, um, the uh the internet or how about mute buttons i don't know how mute buttons work i i seem to forget those <laughs> all the time um there's this thing called online shopping and i i just don't understand it so long story short my dad he has a wood burning stove he needs firewood to heat up his house so i hear all the time all the youngsters they like to do this they like to have this app online that they call uh timber but it's kind of weird because uh, Timber, like, the, the B is backwards. I don't, I don't get it. So, but whatever. So I, I download this, 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 uh, this Timber app. And it's kind of weird because they want me to, like, they want a picture of me. And then they want to, like, know everything about me. Like, they want to know if I'm interested in buying wood from, like, males or females. And they want to have, like, a little bio. Like, what are my interests? And I'm like, well, my interests are obviously, I'm. I'm here. I'm interested in wood. I that's what I want. I want to buy some wood. So, all right. So I get that all set up. So, um, I'm searching through all the merchants on this timber app, and I like have to swipe left and swipe right, and I'm getting all these uh, guys and gals who are apparently selling all this timber, and uh, I, I get a few messages from from these guys. They're like, "So you're interested in some wood?" I'm like, "Well, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm here for some timber. I, I obviously want some wood." And all of a sudden, they're sending me pictures of their genitals. And I'm like, I didn't sign up for this. How the hell do you guys shop online? Like, what are you guys doing? I, I don't I don't get it. So I'm, I'm all confused. I'm, I'm trying to find I'm trying to find Timber. All right. Uh, so that was my bit. Um, I don't know if it worked out. I hope you guys got a uh, hope you guys got a kick out of it. So Timber, go find it. So. All right. Oh. Um, scared now. <laughs> all right, so before before I ruin this thing even more, and before all of my drop or all my viewers drop out, um, I just want to thank Garlic Johnson. He has been uh, an amazing help with uh, bouncing ideas off uh, me back and forth, technical support stuff like that. Also, want to thank Levi Oki. Levi Oki, he is responsible for the awesome artwork that you have seen and all of our social media pages, and he has made an awesome banner for us as well that we use here in our stream so thank you levi oki um we are gonna roll right on into the fan interaction zone because uh well i just train wrecked that whole intro but i thought it was worth it so how you can find and interact <laughs> with us you can find us here on youtube and uh if uh you're here visiting with us on youtube we can see you in the chat so please feel free to hit us up hit, up, hit us up with a chat words are tough tuf um did you know that we currently have 51 subscribers, Jack? Dang right we do. We're killing uh, it so far. Uh, yes, Someone we are. We're almost halfway, or we're over halfway there. Oh, halfway there. We are. We are halfway there to 100 subs. So everybody, if you like what you see, yeah, I'm sorry, if you like what you see, you like what you hear, 
please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are looking for that custom URL. Um, if you're not wanting to watch us on YouTube, you can most definitely find us on the podcast platforms. Our main hub is the Anchor uh, platform. Um, if you go to www.anchor.fm slash thevictoriouspod, you can leave us a voicemail there. If you don't want to use that, we have Spotify, Google, uh, Apple Podcast, Amazon, and now you can find us on iHeartRadio. So, uh, yeah, I think we've finally hit all the major platforms, so we are really excited about that. Um, if you would like to leave an email, you can leave an email for us at victoriouspod at gmail.com. And we are on Twitter. Our handle there is at victoriouspod. Um, do we have any YouTube comments from last week, Jack? Do you remember? I don't believe so. We had a lot of fan interaction from uh, somebody who I didn't think was alive anymore. I never hear from him in our group me or anything. Uh, one Jay Frank, just for the record, from when, we, when you say we don't shout you out. Um, a lot of interaction between him and Jordan. Thanks for you guys both for hopping on. We've had more live interaction lately versus just actual YouTube comments, I believe. Uh, yes. Um, so there have appreciate been it either way. Yes. Jay was here and so was Jordan. They had a lot of uh, in, uh, input for us last week. We did have two comments last week on our, on our uh, podcast. Um, Garlic Johnson says, ye of little faith, big purchase on Dalvin. He is taking Dalvin to have over 150 yards total. I don't believe he got there. We will go over that in a little bit. And then he also said, mm-hmm. Atlanta took Denver to town, mopped the floor with them. Obviously, you didn't watch that game. Your ignorance is embarrassing. Garlic, you know me. I didn't watch the football game. I just wanted to say it because I like to be theatrical <laughs> sometimes. Sorry, I'm not sorry. So there's there's that. So we did have a few comments, and we appreciate you guys leaving your YouTube comments. If you can't chat with us live, be sure to hit us up a comment. We will definitely, definitely bring it up on the next podcast. Is there anything else that I missed, or do we want to get right into it? I don't believe so. Let's get into it. All right, right on. It is our NFL Bits and Bites segment. Jack, what are you snacking on today? Uh, well, today for the little bite segment, I have some uh, good old fashioned Cheetos, one of my favorites. Oh, yum! And for the beverages segment, I went all out tonight to make sure that I was all ready to talk. So I got a uh, a big boy here. Ooh! So we're all ready to go. A little Coors Light action. Coors Light, nice, nice. Uh, for my snack tonight, I have the wife made me some brownies. I'm trying to put them in here. And the, you can kind of see them. Okay, I have brownies. And then hanging out with my favorite blonde tonight. That's right. I got the Uda Pills KFAN beer. Let's go. <sighs> lovely. Lovely. All right, Jack. It is week 11 in the NFL. And um, I guess there's going to be some new COVID restrictions. Why don't you... Uh, why don't you go over that for us? Yeah. Um, that being said, I mean, it is week 11. So I think a lot of us were a little worried that we would even get to this point before the season started. So shout out the fact that there's even a season that's been going this far. It's really exciting. It seems knocking on wood, like we're going to continue and finish the season off here. So just happy that uh, we've survived despite it seems like something new every single week. With that being said, here's the new COVID thing for the week. Um, the league announced that starting this Saturday, they're going to be cracking down a little bit more. So all teams are going to operate under the league's new intensive COVID protocols for the rest of the season. When I say new, it's not really new. I believe 28 of the 32 or something like that have already been doing it, but it's a lot of just things that they're going to be focused on a little bit more. So you've heard of like 
coaches getting fined or the teams getting fined for like not wearing their masks on the sidelines or not like quarantining properly, not handling stuff like that. They're just going to be a lot more strict with all the little tiny details too. So um, stuff like making, making sure it's only virtual meetings um, that team members and uh, faculty are wearing masks at facilities, stuff like that. So expect to probably see some more fines and some more hard stuff for things that seem minor, but it's good news that it feels like the league is just kind of saying like, you know what, enough of this. We're, we're done with all the little loopholes and the little um, kind of allowing little stuff to happen. So more to come on that one. Uh, and then another uh, headline that I kind of saw in the, in the news this week, I'm sure a few of you guys have heard about it, but uh, there was a, a fist fight in New York, allegedly. It sounds like there's like a pay-per-view event going on. I looked into it more, and it turned out that the uh, head coach of the Giants, uh, Joe Judge, and their former offensive line coach got into it reportedly during a practice. Um, it was confirmed it was very heated shouting and screaming matches, and some words were said that apparently different beat reporters didn't feel like talking about. But um, there were also some reports that there was an actual fist fight that happened between two coaches and then basically the offensive line coach was fired on the spot. A lot of people have said that that was not the case. Uh, very, very up in the air, but it got me thinking, I mean, like, is this just how we maybe want to handle coaching disputes? You know, whether like a, a coach wants to run the defense or an offensive coordinator didn't call something right. And the, the head coach wants to call something else. Like, do we just switch to maybe a boxing match or maybe a steel cage match, you know, just go a la WWE and see what happens. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I figured. I figured. I, I like it. Televise um, it. So that's all that I had as far as the big headlines. Is <laughs> yeah, we could we could bring some more money in. I mean, the NFL clearly doesn't have enough money, so not even we can close do to generate some revenue. Um. So looking at the game of the week to watch this week, it's actually happening right now. Uh, I picked the Cardinals and the Seahawks, which I'm assuming most of you are probably watching this. Hopefully, you're watching it while you're pulling up our stream here at the same time. But uh, so one of the few good Thursday night matchup games I feel like we've had on the schedule coming into it, where it's two heavyweight teams. Uh, it's been pretty much the the MVP favorite since the start of the season. It's got a little closer now, but Russell Wilson's kind of been the heavy favorite since early on versus uh, Kyler Murray, who's been kind of rising up and coming. He had the biggest odds increase of any any MVP at the favorite at the time. So I think we're going to see a lot of offense, a lot of really good numbers. The Cardinals are known for a fast-paced offense, while the Seahawks are known for not having a defense. So um, exciting team and game to watch there. And then uh, both of the teams actually have running backs that are injured. I believe Carson is out. Kenyon Drake is healthy-ish. He came back at, like last week, but it's probably going to force the quarterbacks to do it more themselves. And we've got, I mean, DK Metcalf versus DeAndre Hopkins, which is probably two of the top, if not the top two receivers currently in the league. So should be a lot of, uh, a lot of high scoring, a lot of fireworks going on there. And then as far as a game of the week to avoid, I have uh, the Detroit Lions versus the Panthers that are Sunday at noon. There's a couple of other lower scoring or lower uh, record teams that are facing off this weekend, but I'm really just not excited for this one. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is injured. It's likely he's not going to play. We already know CMC is out. Likely Kenny Galladay is going to be out. I mean, you're talking about three of the most key offensive players on both sides of the field that are going to be gone. So I expect this to kind of be more of an ugly. I mean, we're going to get Mike Davis in there. DeAndre Swift's exciting, but like having your top offensive weapon in Galladay gone doesn't help Stafford. So I think we're just going to we're going to avoid this one because neither team's really a threat to make the playoffs, and then all the star star power is missing. So that's what we got this week. Right on, right on. We are going to move into our Vikings segment here. Minnesota surprised everybody this week on Monday Night Football going into Chi-Town there at Skolger Field. That's right, Skol. Um, we are on a three-game win streak. We won 19-13. to uh, Kirk Cousins gets his first primetime win. I mean, 
just to see him celebrating with Kyle Rudolph on the field. That was dope. Oh, there it is. Number eight. Number eight. Um, Jack, what did you see in this game? I mean, what did you see out of Kirk? I mean, who, who, who in the Vikings offensively stood out for you this week? Yeah, like you said, uh, Kirk, I think, has really impressed these last few weeks. Like I said, I think in the first week against Green Bay, he didn't do a lot, but he wasn't asked to do a lot. He just did exactly what he needed to do, which is huge. Uh, I believe his stats ended up at like 292, so almost pushing for 300 yards with two touchdowns and one pick. I mean, you wouldn't like to see the pick in there, but your quarterback's throwing for 300 yards and two touchdowns on a week where Dalvin finally doesn't have 200 plus rushing yards. So it's kind of nice to see, Hey, you know what? You're going up against a tough Chicago defense. I got you this week. I can figure things out. He, you know, doesn't put up 30, 40 points, but he gets the job done. Uh, Biggest factor for him was going to Justin Jefferson. Um, Again, the kids just looking lights out, like really, really good pick for us. I think a lot of us have been surprised, even if we liked him coming out of the draft of how quickly he's adapted. So he had a, eight catches and 135 yards in the game. And then Adam Thielen didn't have as much receiving yardage, but he did have two touchdowns. So kind of nice seeing everybody else besides Cook stepping up when when Cook had the tough matchup. So that being said, Cook did still get 112 total yards. He had a little bit of his work, like 40 yards or so in the passing game, uh, but it was very inefficient. The Bears defense is really, really good. I think Cook had 30 carries for like 70 or 80 yards. So really, really tough sledding. Um, we did still definitely ride it and feed him, which probably helped out Cousins, but not uh, not what we were used to seeing the last couple of weeks. And then on the other side of the ball, it was really nice to see us just completely dominate Nick Foles. Uh, not that the Bears offense is anything to write home about this year, but we all remember a recent game when we had to face Foles and it wasn't as pretty a couple of years back. So seeing us shut him down this week uh, for 106 yards, no touchdowns, one pick. He had a 15 overall QBR rating this week. So awful. I don't know how the Bears have five wins. I definitely think this shows that they're not legit. I don't think they can hang with anybody who puts up 20 plus points. So really good that we got the job done. My quick twitch real quick. Adam Thielen's touchdown, his first one. That was amazing. I loved that one handed grab. That was sick. The one. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. The uh, also cousins pick. I don't think that was necessarily on him. Didn't it bounce off uh, Thielen's hands? No, no. It went like right through Thiel and then deflected into Khalil Mack, who like when you watch it on the replay, oh, yeah, yeah. Mack literally just had it and was like, oh, and took off. So okay. yeah, Thielen's fault 100%. It wasn't even Kirk's fault. It just was fitting it into a tight window. Right. On, and then moving on to the Bears defense real quick. Hakeem Nix is legit. He's probably one of the, uh, I think he's a nose tackle. Am I, is that right? Yeah, he is a nose tackle. He's probably the best nose tackle. Um, in the league, he definitely, when he was in and before he got injured, uh, Delvin cook had no running game. So, um, that I'm glad that, uh, uh, he, he was able to step out for a little bit. So Delvin could get some work done in the fourth quarter. And I think it really made a difference because, um, he, Hakeem Nixon, uh, the whole game, I don't, I don't know if we marched on the field and get that, uh, fourth quarter touchdown. So, um, hats off to the Vikings. Great job on your uh, three-game win streak and three-divisional opponent win streak. That is awesome. So everybody's feeling a little bit better here in Minnesota. Okay, I'm done. We're moving on. We've got Dallas at Minnesota at 3.05 p.m. on Sunday. We are going to be facing the red-headed, the red-headed step quarterback known as Andy Dalton. Uh, like all red-headed step ch- children, you need to ignore them and move on. So... Uh, let's just not have a uh, Chase Daniel situation in Chicago last year where backup quarterback is 
playing and we think that we've got the game in hand and he absolutely embarrasses us. Let's get the job done and let's move on to um, our next opponent after Dallas. Uh, Jack, what are your thoughts in this game? Yeah, uh, biggest thing, I mean, the biggest factor usually when you play the Cowboys is Ezekiel Elliott. Obviously, most of us fantasy-wise know he has been non-existent this year. Ever since Dak went down and they've had a couple injuries to the offensive line, he has not been able to do anything. Um, so I think our biggest thing is that scares me because he has the talent to be able to. So it's one of those things where, like, if he breaks off a 20, 30, 40-yard run, I could see him getting hot and, like, being kind of, you know, taking over the game, so to speak. So even though he hasn't done much, we need to make sure on defense that we don't we don't give him the chance to beat us. So even if we have to sell out completely just to stop the run initially and then trust that Dalton's not going to be able to get the ball to his receivers like he hasn't done all year. The receivers are good, so like if they, they get open, I mean, it could burn us pretty badly, but um, I don't think that Dalton's going to be able to. So having the defense continue to keep up the pressure, uh, we got to Foles a lot. We only sacked him a couple of times, but that was our big uh, difference maker when we played Rodgers too. So I think if we can get to get to Dalton, maybe do like a lot of close up front seven and do that like typical Zimmer double a blitz kind of thing and just get in his face. He's the type of quarterback right now where it's you've seen it the last few weeks. He just gets rattled and kind of throws it up in the air. So I think we can have some easy, easy interceptions, make life for our secondary a lot simpler if we can just get in on him. Uh, as far as the other side of the ball on offense, we should be able to move the ball fairly easily here. I mean, there's no excuse not to beat this team. I think they've given up 20 or more every single game this year with some games being in the thirties and forties. Um, and they've averaged only 10 points over the last three games. Like the last two of the last three weeks, they've only had single digits. So like, you're basically saying every other team has been able to score 20. So we should be able to, and they aren't even getting close to that. So no reason we shouldn't be able to score. They don't have a great run defense. Cook should be fine. And then their secondary isn't anything exciting. It's kind of middle of the pack. So everybody has kind of had a pretty solid game in the last week or two. I think we should be fine. Um, and then like you were talking about, we're on a three game win streak. The crazy part is we had a tough start to the season. Everybody knows we did lose two games by one point with uh, Tennessee and Seattle, I believe, but um, it, like we could easily be on the other side. We could be six and what three instead of four and five. And our next three games are super winnable. Like we played the this week who have been a shell of themselves. And then the following week we played the Jaguars. So we could easily, if we do this right and don't slip up, be in the hunts like two, three weeks from now. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we just got to make sure that we, all the players are just doing their individual jobs. They're not trying to do too much. Uh, just play their game of football and uh, let's let's win the games that we need to win so that we can be in the hunt. Um, we're going to be moving on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay put up a flurry of points against the Carolina Panthers. It was 46 to 23. Um, apparently, uh, if you embarrass Tom Brady on national television, he will come back and absolutely roast uh, the next team that plays. Uh, Jack, what did you see out of Tom Brady this past week? I see what I've seen in him many, many times before. Um, like you just said, he does not usually have back-to-back stinkers in a row. Like usually when you see him get embarrassed every single time, all the announcers are like, Oh, it's the cliff. Oh, Brady's getting old. Maybe is this the beginning of the end? And then he comes out and he's like, please just, just stand back for a second. So I was trying to pull up the stat to see if I could find like how he's done in games after he's lost or games after he's um, done bad. So I'll try to find that next week, but yeah, coming back out guns of blaze in 341, uh, passing yards, three touchdowns, no picks. I mean, that's that's elite. I think he was one of the top quarterbacks of the week. He'll probably get an offensive player of the week type of thing. So 
Brady showing he can easily still get it done. He doesn't need to be a dink and dunk guy. He can throw the ball deep, deep when he has to and still take care of the ball. Uh, Ronald Jones, a lot of you guys probably saw fantasy-wise, he broke some hearts and won some weeks for other people. But uh, he had 23 carries for 192 yards and a touchdown, capped off by that 92-yard run towards the end of the game. So wasn't doing necessarily great beforehand, and then it kind of opened up for him in the second half. But um, he did really, really well, while all three of their top receivers, um, none of them really stood out, but all of them had six or more catches and 69 or more yards so i mean really spread around well kind of a threat from anybody who touches the ball at this point so that was exciting to see uh, on the other side of the field the panthers really didn't do much passing or rushing i know teddy bridgewater got hurt part way through the game but he had 136 yards total mike davis had only 32 on the ground um they scored 14 in the first quarter so they came out like hot right away where it was going to be a close game and then nine points total over the next three quarters so just kind of fell apart the rest of the way and then fun fact i uh, heard about this last week but uh brady actually became the all-time leader in fantasy points scored um this past week after the carolina game passing jerry rice so crazy achievement considering as a quarterback it's tough to do yeah no that's that um <clears throat> definitely i mean just another reason why tom brady is going to be a first ballot hall of famer i mean just i mean when you're when you're uh <laughs> when you're mentioning the same names as some of these players uh it's just no doubt of how good a player tom brady has been we are looking forward to this uh, this weekend on Monday Night Football. The Los Angeles Rams will be playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, you can find that on ESPN. Uh, primetime Brady versus the Solid Rams defense. Um, it's going to be a great test here, I think, for the Bucs. Um, I'm, I'm really skeptical on what um, the Rams can do offensively. It just, you know, it, it's they're so erratic. Uh, Jared Goff. You never know what to think of him. One week he has a great week, even you know, like last week he was supposed to have a, a dynamite matchup against Seattle, and I, it just didn't work out for him. But uh, so I'm not really sure what to think about the Rams. Jack, is there anything uh, that you see that is interesting in this Monday night game um, with the Bucks versus the Rams? Yeah, like you said, um, it's going to be like a really interesting test. I think this is kind of the make or break for. I mean, we all know the Bucks are going to either. They could possibly win the division or at least bare minimum, they're going to be like a top wildcard team. But I think this is the real test for like whether they're legit, you know, NFC championship game or Super Bowl game material, or if they're just going to be kind of a decent one. I mean, you got to be able to beat the other high quality teams and they're both both like leading or close to the top in their division right now. Um, Brady in prime time is usually pretty solid, but the Rams defense has had a lot of or caused a lot of problems for other quarterbacks. Um, as far as the Rams themselves, I don't really think they scare me offensively. Goff's been very, very up and down this year. I think even in like lights out matchups, like where he should have done well, he hasn't really performed. So that kind of doesn't worry me, but their rushing attack has been very good, like collectively between their three guys. And then, like I said, their defense could easily keep them alive any and every week. Um, for the Bucks' keys to success, I would say they probably need to get the ground game involved early. Um, just being able to kind of establish that so that Brady has some time and the Rams can't just send people after him because when he gets people in his face or when his offensive line doesn't hold up, things go very, very poorly. So if we can have Ronald Jones again or even Fournette get involved in some like quick little dump-off passes, I think that'll open things up for the Godwins, Gronks, Mike Evans, Antonio Browns, and make Brady's life a lot easier. And then kind of an interesting note, but the Bucks could pass the Saints here for first place. I believe they're a half a game out. I think it's seven and three versus seven and two with the Saints. And the Saints, obviously, we, we're going to talk about it a little bit, but they just lost Drew Brees for two to three weeks. So depending on how the Saints do with Jameis and or Taysom Hill starting for them, um, the Bucks could 
easily take over the division here. And I think that's their only chance is to pass them having lost two of their games already to the saints. So this is a, this is a pivotal few, few weeks for both the Vikings and the Buccaneers. Right on. Uh, that is going to do it for our Vikings and Tampa Bay talk. We are going to be moving into our NFL pick them last week. Um, Jack, you were correct with picking Minnesota over the bears and, uh, the Packers who I picked squeaked out a victory over the Jaguars. And I'm, I'm still, I'm still going. I have, I have three in a row. Mm -hmm. Yikes. Um, I'm telling you just like the Vikings. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> last week, Dave picked new Orleans. He got that right. Alex also picked green Bay. He got that right. Garlic picked Detroit and Josh picked new Orleans. Um, this week, Jack, you are picking Miami over Denver. Um, any thoughts on that? Uh, uh, yeah, I feel like Miami just has a very underrated defense and uh, Denver's looked a little bit rocky. I know Locke is questionable this week. I don't really, I haven't believed in Melvin Gordon all year. I've been a big anti, I don't know, whatever, against him for the most part. I think um, Tua has surprised a lot of people. He is 3-0 and right now and he's kind of getting a little bit more into a rhythm. So I think um, with that plus Miami's defense, they just should be able to lock, make Locke make mistakes most of the night. Okay. Okay, um, I have picked, I actually was thinking about Miami over Denver as well, but I decided to go with this because Los Angeles Chargers haven't had uh, very good success lately, even though that they've been playing really well. Uh, Justin Herbert has shown that he is a fantastic quarterback, but this week I'm saying that he's going to be able to get it done. The New York Jets, uh, I don't know if they're coming to town or if they're going to New York, it doesn't really matter because... The Jets suck anyway. So the Chargers are going to beat the Jets. Adam Gase is terrible. I have that in my notes, and that's the reason why that they're going to win. So I am picking the Chargers over the Jets. I see that Dave also wants to pick Miami over Denver, but our other three contestants, Alex, Garlic, and Josh, uh, did they submit picks this week? You're muted on your end. Damn it. Um, they did. I just forgot to put the last couple in. So, Alex, just because I know you're in the chat, I don't want you to yell at me that you didn't get your pick in. You did. Uh, he went with Minnesota over Dallas. Okay. So, just believing in the Vikings, keeping the four-game winning streak going against a struggling Cowboys team. And Josh also picked Minnesota over Dallas because I was very surprised at first that he was believing in the Vikings, but he said, quote-unquote, it's a win-win for me because either I get to go, what, 3-0 and in this pick em thing, or I get to laugh at Andy Dalton beating the Vikings. <laughs> so he's, he's kind of hedging his bets there. Um, Gar, I am, I am standing by on because he said, oh, Oh blank, please hold. So I'm gonna I'm gonna wait for my breaking news in a second here and I'll let you know who he's picking in a little bit. But all four of our guest contestants are two and oh as of now. So shout out to you guys. You are keeping it close. But of course, as soon as I say, Hey Walters, you got some competition, I'm gonna add some more people to catch you. Walters just goes on a three game win streak. So I don't I don't know what to tell you guys. I'm sorry. I'm unpredictable. What can but I say? All all six of us in this pick 'em went one and oh last week. So we were six and oh as a group. So nice, nice. job, everybody. In fact, uh, over what the last three weeks? No, two weeks. Last two weeks, we've yeah, all gotten right. Since it was, since everybody joined. Yeah, yeah, awesome. All right, we are going to be moving into our fantasy outlook section. This is the section of our podcast where we talk general fantasy stuff. After this uh, portion of the podcast, 
we will move into our Victoria's Secret, which is more specific to it. So if you're sticking around, we appreciate that. But we're going to get right into it with our injury prone segment. Um, I have here in the notes that I'm not supposed to be deleting any of the names because there might be some pop up injuries that are the same from last week. So I apologize, Jack, for making extra work for you. You are good. Okay. <laughs> All right, we have Joe Mixon with a foot. He's still not. You know what? I feel like I should have like the fastest three minutes here because of all the freaking names that I have to go through. You know? Yeah. Rattle them <laughs> off. Yeah, just start rattling them off. All right, we got Joe Mixon with a foot. He's still not practicing. Alan, Alan Lazard. He's got a core issue. He might be off IR this week. We don't know. Chris Carson with a foot. He is unlikely to return this week. Stafford with a thumb issue. He did not practice. Breeze with rib fractures and collapsed long. He's out. Who knows how long he's going to be out for. Devontae Adams, uh, most elite wide receiver in the NFL, has an ankle injury. He was limited in practice this week. Jerry Judy with an ankle was limited. CMC sh- uh, CMC's shoulder is holding him out and is pissing Walters off. Kamara, his foot, he was limited in practice. TJ Hawkinson with a toe was limited in practice. Noah Fant with a rib missed practice today. David Johnson is still in the concussion protocol, and Calvin uh, Calvin Ridley with a foot was limited in practice. Those are all of our injury updates. We can now move into our tater tot hot take. Jack, what happened last week? Last week, uh, two for three, so not bad. I feel like most weeks I've had, I feel like one and a half to two, so I'm not I'm not doing horrible. I'm chasing that three for three elusive, though, so I need to make it a little, little easier, I guess. Uh, last week I said, first, whether CMC plays or not, Mike Davis is still going to only do only have single-digit fantasy points this week. I thought he was playing Tampa Bay, who has a great front seven, and I thought they were going to be behind all game. I was definitely right. He ended with a 4.4-point total, so not even close. He was bottled up completely, even though CMC didn't play. Number two, I said after his last seven games with over 200 or with under 210 passing yards, excuse me, and three out of four weeks with under 18 points, Lamar will bounce back with either 210 plus passing yards or 25 plus fantasy points. Um, excuse me. I was correct. He had over 210 passing yards. He had 249, actually, I believe. So his second highest output of the year, and I believe he had 21 or 22 fantasy points. So not quite uh, 25 for that double doubling up but uh, still much better than the 18 and under and then number three I went out on a limb and I said hey you know what the Cowboys played the Steelers really well and almost beat them I bet the Bengals are actually going to give them a scare a legitimate scare after the Steelers survived Dallas last week I was incorrect it was 7 to 12 I believe just before half and I was watching that game or paying attention saying oh I might have something here but the second half it wasn't remotely close uh, they only put up three more points and the Steelers kind of ran away with it so two for three I mean when you're betting against the, the undefeated team it's probably not going to go well but that's why we call them hot takes so right on what's going on this week this week uh I sorry didn't I bet again off. or I bet uh actually on the Thursday night football game going on and I was saying that uh with the two quarterbacks going head-to-head Kyler Murray versus Russell Wilson um I was guessing that Kyler Murray is going to actually outplay Russell Wilson and although both of them I think at this point are probably top three MVP candidates for me personally I would say those two and uh Mahomes at this time I think Kyler's going to outplay him and show everybody why he should be continuing to move up so I believe right now um Russell just threw his second touchdown of the night Shout out to you guys that are watching. Uh, he just threw it to Tyler Lockett after one to DK Metcalf. So he's spreading the love around. Kyler hasn't done a whole lot yet, but Kenyon Drake has a score. So we'll see if that can uh, flip around and come true. 
Uh, number two, I said Dalvin Cook is going to separate himself as the rushing leader over Derrick Henry this week. Uh, Dalvin's currently just eight yards ahead of Derrick Henry, but I'm projecting by by the end of the week, he's going to move to over 50 yards ahead of him, and then that'll also be good enough for him to pass 1,000 yards this week. Additionally, if this is true, I'm going to kind of double down here. If Dalvin passes and gets like a decent lead on Henry, he is not going to lose his number one spot in the rushing title the rest of the season. So Henry will not bounce back and catch him in week 12 or week 13. Dalvin will stay number one the rest of the way. We will see. Uh, Henry's playing against a tough Baltimore defense and Dalvin's got the Cowboys, which we should, I hope to God, be up at early on so we can just feed him. But we will we will find out. And then number three, I went with a Vikings homer pick, so I had to go with a an anti-homer pick here. And I am projecting that Rodgers will not even be a top 10 quarterback this week, and I believe he's top four or five on the year so far. Yeah, Rodgers is playing. Um, who are they playing this week? I know it's a tough matchup. Is it Indy? The yeah, Colts. I think they're playing. Yeah, the Colts, yeah. yeah. Okay, sweet. Right on, right on. Apparently, I say right on all the time, so... It's, I don't know. It's one of my favorite things. I don't know what to say. We're going to be. Moving. I have a drinking game myself out of it. <laughs> I want to cut of those proceeds when you when you sell that game. Whatever. Um, we're going to be Perfect. moving on to uh, swimming upstream. So we're going to transition over to here, and that's how we got going. This last week, Ben Roethlisberger was our stream last week. He had 29.3 points. He was good for the third overall quarterback in all of the rostered slash free agent quarterbacks you can see that in the graphic up there uh jack um what were you have any thoughts about the list i mean what i mean what's what's going on with in your in your little noggin there yeah it's it's crazy to me i think i said this last week but it's it's absurd that uh I have actually kept this going as far as I have without like any complete bombs. So I'm very, very surprised about that. I doubled down on Big Ben last week. I believe somebody picked him up. You might have picked him up, didn't you? I did. Did somebody else pick him up? Anyway. Yeah. Okay. So um, clearly like back-to-back weeks, I think three weeks in a row now where somebody I picked, it was immediately then picked up right after the fact. So uh, he kept the Jack streaming t- train rolling this week with 29.32 on uh, 333 yards and four touchdown on the day, AKA complete domination. So loving when I'm picking not only the by far number one streaming option, I think clearly over everybody else there, but like you said, he was the number three overall behind only my boy, Tom Brady, who I had started this week at 31.8 and then just behind Kyler Murray at 29.9. So shout out Al for another top start. Um, three out of the last four weeks, I've actually picked the number one streaming option of all people available. So right on the money there. And three, uh, three out of those four weeks, it's been a top seven quarterback overall. So and again, not only a streaming option, but they're beating guys that are being started in this league. Um, looking over at the standings picture you guys see there on the side, fourth overall at quarterback for me on the year with 237.4 points. That's including my bye week. So I'm keeping it even with everybody else. Uh, just behind Josh Allen and Mahomes, I'm very close with uh, Walters and Josh's quarterbacks. And then Kyler, obviously, on that running game is leading the pack. So hanging in there, doing pretty good compared to anybody else below me. I think next year I might just not draft a quarterback and uh, try to play my own game here because I'd be doing better off than I am right now. You It might actually uh, work out to 11. Because, oh, go because uh, I, I would think that more people, because of COVID this year, uh, have an extra quarterback on their roster just in case. So, I mean, the only reason I have an extra quarterback right now is because Josh Allen's on bye, which is why I picked up Ben Roethlisberger this week. But, uh, yeah, you might actually have more success because I know for me, um, I'm a one quarterback on my roster kind of guy. So, uh, I think just with this year with COVID, I mean, it's just a little bit different. but. Uh, I think you're onto something here. So go ahead and continue. 
Yeah, no, that's a great point. That's pretty much the only reason that I've carried two all year because I didn't really draft a top end guy. So um, I tend to usually be the guy that drafts a quarterback last or one of the last in our league, which leads me to taking two. But definitely if I took any of the top five, six, seven options, I'm rolling with them all year. So next year we'll see. Maybe I'll just gamble and be like, you know what? My season's either going to burst in flames when I don't have the success I, success I did this year, or we'll see. But uh, moving forward to week 11, um, I was looking at uh, Teddy Bridgewater initially, but it looks like he's more than likely going to be out. He's questionable and doubtful right now. So with the injury, it's a little risky, but that matchup versus Detroit would have been good. Uh, Jameis Winston, I think a lot of people in other leagues have talked about whether or not to start him. I mean, he's got a great matchup. He's playing Atlanta, who's the 32nd best, a.k.a. worst, against passing they're just terrible so i mean if you're playing against a person who's projected that way outscore you i can see taking a home run swing on him but i just am worried that like he hasn't even been named the starter officially yet and i'm also worried they could get cute and toss in like half the plays with Taysom hill so we'll see uh jared goff's another one i looked at but he he flopped last week versus a bad defense in seattle and now he gets a good defense so i i am gonna do what he didn't really do last week and i'm gonna pass on jared goff um initially i was gonna go with carson wentz that's actually what I had in the notes, but I'm making a pivot here last minute. Um, Carson is going against Cleveland, who isn't great against the quarterback position, but they do have a good front seven sack. And we all know Carson Wentz is susceptible to injuries and doesn't do well with pressure. Um, his his better games have kind of been based on running, rushing or running attacks. So I feel like he's not a safe option. I feel like he's a guy that could put up 21 week, but he's put up like single digits, like eight and 10. Well, not single, but eight and 10 the last couple of weeks. So he's got a very, very low four and it scares me. So I am actually going to pivot here and I hope I don't screw myself over, but I'm going to go with Alex Smith, who he got the start a couple of weeks ago where he got to play with, with injury. And then he started last week. Um, he's actually had over 300 yards, both games through two weeks. Now he's actually the league leader in passing yards. So it hasn't turned into a lot of touchdowns, but I know last week there were three scores that the running backs just happened to get in the red zone. So it could have gone either way. It could have been Alex's instead, but I feel like with that passing yardage mark, he, he definitely has a higher floor. So I don't think I'm going to light it up or anything this week, but I think I've got a chance. So I'm going to go with him and hopefully I don't have my first clunker of the year. Right on. That will do it for Swimming Upstream. We are going to be going back over to here. And bam. Okay. We are going to be moving on to Purchaser Pass. Uh, Jack, why don't you tell us what happened in week 10 with Purchase or Pass? Yes. Uh, purchase or Pass that someone on the Bucks is a top 10 wide receiver this week. Uh, as we mentioned, None of them really separated themselves much. I don't believe that any of them were top 10 because they didn't really have enough uh, enough yardage to make an impact on that. So I believe you purchased it thinking that one of them would separate themselves and I passed it. So that'll be one for this guy. I'm just kind of double checking here to see who the closest one was, if anybody. Mike Evans was just outside at like 15 14 or 15 so he was the closest but uh no go there uh number two purchaser pass that cook has another 150 plus total yards this week we both passed it gar called us a, a fool and an idiot for doing that but uh he did have under like i mentioned he had like 110 yards or so so we were both right there and number three purchaser pass that two of the top six quarterbacks in fantasy this week are playing in the bills versus cardinals game I believe I should have done my homework, but I believe Kyler Murray was the number two and Josh Allen was the number four. So I said purchase and you said pass. I got that one right. So I was a three for three and I believe you were a one for three that week. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, um, what do we have going on this week for purchase or pass? Also, I forgot one really quick. Uh, sure. We had a last-minute voicemail that suggested whether uh, Jared Goff would have 25-plus fantasy points. We both passed that immediately, and I believe the the voicemail caller, who shall not be named, thought that was a silly idea too. But uh, we were both right on that one. He had way under that. So, Oh, yeah. Moving on to week 11, uh, I came up with a couple of new ones here, so I'll toss them out to you. You can let me know. Uh, number one, purchaser passed that Ben Roethlisberger puts up his third straight 25-plus fantasy points point day after the three weeks prior to that he had 15 points or less yeah i'm gonna purchase that i mean just uh uh ben roethlisberger is going against uh jacksonville who is a terrible terrible defense they're 30th ranked against quarterbacks um i i and all the weapons that he has i'm i'm definitely purchasing that and I would hope you would too. I mean, with you picking him up and everything, that's kind of why I put him in there just to just to have you back your guy. I do think he's going to have a really good day, but um, I'm not sure that he's going to get that. I think that's a very tough mark to get. Like last week, only five quarterbacks beat that mark, and that was including the fifth option who just barely did it. So I'm going to go with less because I am confident the Steelers will be up early and they should be able to run the ball. Maybe they can figure things out with James Conner finally. So I will pass. Okay. What's our next one? Uh Number two, we have uh, CEH finally having a solid day. I feel like we've been waiting for this all year. I mean, he's been consistently like the 8 to 12 point mark, but he hasn't really had any of those lights out, like two touchdowns, 100 yards that we expected with the uh, the first round pick. I believe Ryan took him in the first round and just going to the Saints high scoring offense. He hasn't really done what we expected to do. So this might be the week. Purchase or pass, CEH finally has a solid day, looking like a first round draft pick and puts up at least a top 15 running back day. Mm, this is a tough one. That's how I make them. Who are they playing? I'm trying to look here. They are playing the Raiders, I believe, in a rematch. I'm guessing their run defense isn't anything to write home about, which is why you put it in there. And he's had a rough. Uh, the Raiders he's had is... a rough go. <laughs> The Raiders is decent. Uh, they, I think they're kind of in the middle of the pack, but last time that he played the Raiders, he only had 10 carries for 40 yards. I'm passing. I'm just going to pass. Okay. Yeah, all right, fair enough. I am going to actually purchase it. I feel like I've been waiting for it, and I, Le'Veon Bell has not done anything remotely to what I thought he was going to be. Um, I think the biggest difference maker is just if he gets a touchdown or not, and I think 15 is doable. So I will go with this is finally the week he's going to kind of turn the corner after a uh, after a bye. Usually Andy Reid figures some stuff out. So Okay, and what is our third one? Number three. Uh, we have Ezekiel Elliott, I talked about earlier. He hasn't surpassed 7.3 points in the last four weeks, which is absurd. He's had like that mark or less. Uh, purchase surpassed that he figures it out this week and puts up at least double that, which would be 14.6. And just to make it interesting, I said PPR because he hasn't even come close to that mark. So that he puts up at least 14.6 in PPR, I believe his high on the year is like three or four receptions. So it's not like he's a big receiving back, but make it a little bit closer. Um, going up against a red-hot Vikings defense, which hasn't given up a rushing touchdown since week five and actually has the sixth fewest rushing yards per game since that week. Um, I'm passing it. That's, I just, I, I honestly think that 
uh, if you don't have a passing attack, you can. I mean, that's it's it's what it's been with when when Dak went down. So did Zeke's value in fantasy. It's just it hasn't been there, and I don't know. I, I I'm not saying I've seen this or heard this, but it makes me wonder if it, is it a lack of effort? Has he given up, or is he is he is he is his offensive line just not doing what they need to do? Uh, and without a passing attack of Dak Prescott, he literally has, from what I've heard, uh, he has become borderline benchable. Uh, so I'm going to con- I'm going to say he's going to continue that trend, and I'm going to pass. Yeah, um, I I was kind of right on the border too. I am probably going to purchase it because I said going into this, I was going to try to see if I could split with you on every single one just to keep it interesting. So I am going to purchase. I think the only way it happens though is if he gets several catches in that PPR mark and or a touchdown. Um, not super high on him overall though, like you said, for all the same reasons. I just think that his value has surprised people with how much it was tied to Dak this year. I think a lot of people expected him to continue dominating like he did his first couple seasons, but um, it kind of makes you wonder. I mean, like with all the him and hawing and holding back that the Cowboys were reluctant to pay Dak after seeing how badly they've done without him. And then, I mean, I remember a couple years ago when Zeke held out and they finally gave him like the most money as a running back. It's kind of just like, did you make the right call? I mean, like you can find running backs, but like a quarterback, look at how terrible their offense is without him. So if you're going to pay anybody, it, it's looking now like they probably should have saved that money for Dak and gone from there. Right on. Um, I think that's going to do it for purchase or pass. We are going to be moving on to our water bet board. Jack, um, I'm going to read through a couple of these here real quick, just because it's interesting to me. Michael Thomas is not going to be a wide receiver one from this point on the rest of the season. Um, I I would probably agree. Oh boy, I don't know. Like if if Jameis Winston is the starting quarterback, I really feel like his arm at this point might actually be stronger than Drew Brees's. I don't know. You can you can quote me on it. You can hold me to it. I I don't know. But if Jameis Winston does become the starting quarterback for the rest of the season, I do see a scenario where Michael Thomas is able to start blowing up. With that, I will take it. I will say he will be a wide receiver one from this point on the rest of the season. What are your thoughts? You suckered me in. I really thought you weren't going to do it, but then you did. So um, I think it's tough because I think it's tough to bet against him. I mean, he's been dominant for multiple years and he was a wide receiver, the wide receiver one in the first round pick for a reason. I just have been, I guess, anti him most of the year. And um, he hasn't shown a lot in his, I think, three games now where it's like every single week they're kind of saying, this is the week, here we go. And he hasn't. That plus the fact that Breeze is now hurt makes me worried. Um, you could be right. I mean, Jameis threw the ball a lot last year, and that was a big reason of why Mike Evans and Chris Godwin were fantasy relevant. But I don't know. Like His his arm isn't what worries me versus Breeze, so I agree with you that he has a, a stronger arm. It's his decision-making and his accuracy that Breeze can just – Breeze had a – a pass against the Buccaneers a couple of weeks ago where he just like dropped it in the, the receiver was behind the back and he just caught it right here. Like Jameis isn't going to do that. Jameis is going to throw 40 times and hope that somebody catches a 50 yard pass. So I think Michael Thomas will have some good weeks in here. I think there'll probably be one or two where he puts up like 10, 15 points or so, but I just don't see it in a standard league that he's going to be able to sustain it with all this turnover at quarterback. So I will, I will go against that one and we'll put that one on the board for another one. Okay. Uh, next one, Marquise Brown, who is averaging six points on the year and only one week above ten points. 
will average at least 10 points the rest of the season. Um, I haven't been following Baltimore's football very much. Um, I know that Lamar Jackson has been, I don't know if I want to say struggling, but he has not been, the their team has not been the same team as it has been last year with the way that they uh, run their offense. I'm going to say, I'm going mean, to say. If you haven't been following it, we can always either postpone or pause. Yeah, let's just postpone it for now. Um, okay. This next one does we'll make it. In, one. This one is interesting because I have been following. Vikings will make a one of the wild card spots. Um, I'm still saying no. Just, just ye of little faith. First, you said they wouldn't win four games. Here we are at four and five. Um, I completely get it. I think they're more of a long shot to win it than anything because they're going to need help from other teams. That being said, like I talked about earlier, we have three games that we should easily win, and that puts us at seven and five, which I feel like is good enough for a top seven in the NFC. It's just how we do down the stretch. I mean, our our Packers game is out of the way. We still do have a Lions game, and I think we've shown that Chicago is beatable. So I think we should at this point get to like eight, nine wins which would be enough it's just whether we you know slip up against one of these easy teams or not so i will say that they do just because i took the bet that they would win four games before and uh, i'm gonna keep believing and it worked out for us last time so hopefully if you if you say that they don't and they end up doing it anyway i feel like it's a win-win anyways so i will i will go that they do all right this next one deandre swift is a top 15 running back the rest of the season after finally getting his first start last week isn't he isn't he injured right now or I thought I heard something that he wasn't. Did he Is practice he? I, not playing? I was not aware. I don't, I don't know. I don't. I don't quote me on this. Let's postpone it. Um, it is interesting, um, but I want to get all my facts straight before I make a judgment call on this. So my bad. Ooh. You're you're correct. As a as of a few hours ago, it says on ESPN, Swift didn't practice today after being diagnosed with a concussion. He practiced the day yesterday, the day before. So this is just kind of brand new since I've done my notes. But uh, we'll see whether it holds him out or not. If he plays, or I think in the games that he plays going forward, whether it's this week starting or next week, I believe he will. But we will we will follow up for next week and see. Okay. And then the last one, Jameis is a quarterback one at least one of the two week, two to three weeks that Breeze is out. Uh, yeah, I'm purchasing that one. I have to with the Michael Thomas thing. I mean, I just, I feel like he yeah, can do so, it. I completely agree. I think so will, so will I. So we'll take that one out. I think QB1 is doable. You really only need to have a decent week. I mean, 20 points or so should get the job done. And assuming he starts, that's the only way I could see this not working out as if for some reason he does terrible this week and they bench him in the first half and then uh, Taysom Hill comes out and they give him the chance for the next week or two. But I think it's doable. So I will go with that one we'll delete that as well and looking at the old ones to recap i won't bother any of the ones that are like scores wise head to head because there's not a lot of updates there so the only real one to update we've kind of talked about it already but officially the next bet that is off the board is whether the vikings will win four games or more i said yes and you said no back like week four i think and they finally got there so we'll put that one on the board and then that is it for the the old water bets Right on. That is going to do it for our water bet board. We are done with our general fantasy segment, the fantasy outlook. We are moving into our Victoria's Secret segment, and we're going to run through this quick, and hopefully we can be out of here really, really soon. All right. Victorious news and notes. We have side bets again. Week 10 last week was the humble brag, which a flex player with the most points without scoring a touchdown. 
And that went to Ben with Justin Jefferson, who put up 135 yards with no touchdowns. So congratulations to Ben on your $5. Jack, you were asking in the notes if somebody got it right. Somebody did get it right. Um, I wish I had that on me, which I could quickly access, but I don't. But I know that somebody did pick um, pick Ben last week to be the side bet winner. This week, it is the Legatron, which is the longest field goal of the week. Uh, Jack, what is your prediction this week for your weekly side bet winner? Yeah, I was looking through this kind of going more like a quantity versus quality route because it's tough to predict who's going to have the longest one just because it all depends on game situation and if they end up there so i was like who's going to get the most field goal chances and maybe you know that puts them in the running so i am going with uh josh shout out to your team but will lutz is on josh's team my belief is because of what we talked about several times already breeze is out this week so i think the offense is going to stall for field goals more than normal but that being said they do still have kamara they do still have michael thomas Jameis can throw the ball and atlanta's defense is terrible so i think that they're just going to have a lot of scoring chances overall i'm just hoping that they get down to like the 20 30 40 yard line and just stall out from that point so i am uh, i'm hoping that let's gets three or four chances and then one of them is good enough okay right on we are going to be moving into our jack of all trades. Um, I don't think we have any new trades, do we, Jack? Oh, oh, we do, we do. If you want to uh, hit a button for me, uh, sure. Hold on one sec. I know it's here. Where did I put it? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're following breaking news right now. Big breaking news from DC. Breaking news right now. Good afternoon from New York. We're coming on the air with breaking news story. Beginning the work we got us multiple stories breaking overnight. That's right. We have breaking news here in the victorious POD. Uh, Jack, who made a trade? Uh, This guy made a trade. And uh, another beloved podcast host as well so we have a little inner pod trade going on here okay um shout out to audio al me and him have been talking for the last couple of weeks about making some kind of trade and it's been like a a scenario where one of us has been like "Ah, i don't know not this week or another one's been like let me see how people do next week so i reached out to him actually today while i was doing the jack of all trades segment and i was like oh yeah that's right so i reached out to him i've been asking about him for a running back for a few weeks now just with mixon being out and bell not being what i thought he was um just kind of what it would take to get somebody obviously i know he's not going to give away any top people because i don't have a lot to give so he reached out to me for another player, and we ended up doing a swap this week um, for Rob Gronkowski, my tight end, my beloved, one of my favorite players ever, tough to give away, for uh, Duke Johnson, who on paper that kind of sounds like a gross trade initially, but honestly at this point both of us are just kind of scrapping and, and hoping for a playoff spot, so this is not necessarily a uh, a trade that makes you feel great on either end about having a lights-out roster. It's just playing the matchups and what can you do to hopefully scrape by and get two or three wins over these next three weeks to, to make it. So my thought was, I don't have a lot of options at running back and it looks like Mixon might potentially be out this week as well. Duke Johnson is the number one guy with uh, David Johnson out for a concussion. He was put on the IR this past week. So I got at least two, three games guaranteed, which at this point that might be all my team has left. So I got to make some moves here. Um, Gronk has been great these last few weeks, but I think he's only averaging six points on the year and tight end is such a crapshoot to me that I'm like, you know what, if I have to start another guy and just hope that they get a touchdown, so be it. Um, Like I said, tough to give Gronk up, but I feel like the potential, Duke Johnson didn't have a great week last week, but the potential for him getting all of the touches in an offense, I mean, he still had 14 carries for 54 yards and that was without any receiving totals. So 
playing against the Patriots this week. I believe they give up like four and a half, five yards of carry. Then he's got Detroit next week. I mean, he's got two solid matchups in my last three weeks here. So I'm, I'm taking a swing here. That's my, that's my analysis. I don't know if you have any quick thoughts. It sounds like you had some sources breaking this to you earlier too. Uh, yeah. So um, Rob Gronkowski, it's hard to walk away from him because he has, he's had weeks finally where he has been fantasy relevant and finding a fi- fantasy relevant tight end at this point in the game is impossible it is really tough. So who are you going to be running with as your backup tight end now? Yeah, a big factor in why I was able to do this um, and try to play, like look at this with my head instead of my heart here, was uh, we'll get into it in a second with the noteworthy ads and drops, but I picked up Taysom Hill this week, which uh, Ben and Tyler alluded to it in the group me just a little bit ago, which is exactly why I did it, because I went with, hey, you know what? This is what ESPN says, and I'm going to go with it. He has still been given tight end eligibility because that's what he's been listed at all year. Um despite the fact that now with Breeze out, he, I mean, they haven't announced it with who's going to start, like I said a minute ago about Jameis. He very well could be the quarterback that takes the most snaps this week. And even if he doesn't, I believe him to be involved. He always has several carries. He gets a lot of goal line, like second and second and three or third and one to go kind of thing. Um, They use him in the receiving game. Like, he has a lot of gadget passes too. So I think like as far as tight ends go, when you're looking at a year where it's a crap shoot, if you don't score a touchdown, every tight end that's not named Travis Kelsey is lucky to put up five, six, seven points. He might do that on just like passing work alone. So um, I feel good at least for this week. I don't know if I'll be allowed to do it next week, depending on what ESPN or our commissioner says, if he is announced as the quarterback, but uh, he's as good of a shot as any. So that's my thought. Right on. Yeah, no, I like, I like to pick, um, uh, Duke Johnson definitely. Uh, he's 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 a nice receiving back for Houston. He's been there for a long time. He knows the scheme. Played with Deshaun Watson for a long time. So I really think that the familiarity and with his athleticism, uh, athleticism, he will be um, fine to fill in as your running back until Mixon comes back. I think it's a good trade. Uh, we'll see how it works out. Hopefully Gronk doesn't go for like twenty points this week. So. We'll see how it goes. But, yeah, um, I think it's bold. I mean, you have to make moves to be able to try and get ahead in the league. Uh, Right now, kind of where you're sitting at in the standings, uh, you have to do something because uh, already one of the spots is locked up and um, for the playoffs and how close it is with all the uh, the other five uh, team members, uh, you got to do something to be able to try and get your team uh, to the promised land. So, Jack, I commend you for your trade. Nice job. Way to go, Audio Al, making something work. Hopefully, uh, the Gronkowski, um, I hope he can uh, do it for you. So that's all going to be for the Jack of All Trades. Let's move on to our next segment. Say my name, say my name. Jack, what happened? Did somebody change their team name? Uh, We're still at 10 out of 12. I'm pretty sure the last two are not going to change their names all year. So I'm very, very sad about that. And it makes me, makes me more sad because one of them is already currently in the top six playoff spots and the other one's right there. So like, man, you're paying enough attention to be in the top six and make the playoffs, but you can't even be bothered to change your name. Like even Jordan headbutted his keyboard and had a bunch of characters. For name. <laughs> like do something. Um, that being said, I, changed my name this week because for once Al did not change his team name. He's been the one kind of carrying this segment for a while. So I needed to pick it up. It looked like it was his bye week or something. So I wanted to step up for him and help him out. So with uh, the gross pickup a couple of weeks ago for me of Kalen Bellage, I changed my name from honky tonk, badonka gronk because he was traded to uh, 
<laughs> to um, ballage so hard. Nice. I didn't want to put the next line in there because it wasn't appropriate. But uh, <laughs> stay tuned next week. I already have mine picked out for my new acquisition of Duke Johnson, if I can fit the team name in there. Okay, right on. And that concludes team name <laughs> update. <laughs> All right, we're going to be moving into our noteworthy ad drops. Again, I feel like I should have the fastest three minutes mu- three minutes music here for it. And so we're going to go through it. We got Taysom Hill picked up by Jack for $9. Big Ben, who... Uh, Big Ben, who was picked up by me for $7. Michael Pittman was picked up by Jack for $3. Kirk Cousins was picked up by Jordan for $0. MVS was picked up by Cassie for $0. Adrian Peterson was picked up by Jordan for $0. Gus Edwards was picked up by Foster for $0. And Mike uh, Gusecki was picked up by Alex for $0, which is weird because he just traded for Gronk. Um... To note, I spent my last $7, so I, uh... I declare bankruptcy! I don't know if anybody else... I mean, I know we've done it a couple times for a few other members, but I'm not sure if anybody else is bankrupt in our league, so... Foster, I mean, he always spends all of his money, and I'm pretty sure Cassie did too, if I recall. Yeah, we did Um, those for them already. I gotta be close. I'm, I'm at $1, so I'll be next up. Okay, right on. All right, we are done with the ad uh, ad drops, and we are going to get into our victory formation, so I'm just going to transition over to here. And you can see that our first matchup is Alex versus Katie. Alex won 96.4 to Katie's 92.4. Kyler Murray had 30 points, and Gibson had 18.5, while Kamara had uh, 27.8 points. Um, but that's just about it. Alex with the nice... Uh, with a nice win, he needed that to be able to stay alive in the playoff hunt. And we are going to be moving on. Jack, what's the next one? Uh, number two is Ryan versus Jordan. It was kind of an ugly one here. Ryan with 55.4 versus Jordan's 79.5. Not uh, not enough for you to usually get a week, but or wouldn't get a win, but Jordan got it done here. Uh, Drew Locke with Ryan just having a brutal game of 6.9 points. Your quarterback is not going to get you the win that week. Well, uh, Chase Claypool's 17.3 carry Jordan, and that is it. Right on. We are going to be moving over to Foster versus Jay. Uh, Foster uh, handled Jay quite easily, 88.8 to Jay's 68.6. Surprise, uh, 18 points from Wayne Gallman uh, versus a uh, 10.7 points combined from Jay's, both of Jay's uh, running backs, wide receivers, and his tight end. Jay was not having a great week last week at all. So moving on, Jack, what's next? Uh, Tyler, 70.1 versus Cassie, 91.3. I'd just like to say, Tyler, where was this when I played you like two weeks ago? You put up 130 plus on me. So uh, moving on, both Dalvin and Russell had their lowest total games of the year for Tyler, while Cassie had Breeze put up an embarrassing 6.9 points as well, but her defense and kicker each had 13 or more. So that got it done for Cassie. Nice job. Right on. Moving on, we have – actually, this is your matchup. Why don't you do your matchup real quick? I'm so sad. I don't want to talk about it. Um, I had 99.3 and Josh had 104.3. Thank you, Alan Robinson, for doing nothing. Uh, we are the two high scorers of the week. Hopefully this is not too early for me to mention it for Al. I know he doesn't like to talk about high scores early on. But uh, Brady put up 31.8 for me as the number one quarterback of the day, while Ronald Jones' late 98-yard touchdown for Josh. 
plus DeAndre Hopkins game winning 43 yard touchdown uh, ended up being the difference makers for him. Right on. And then we have the last matchup, which is my matchup. Uh, I beat Ben 86.3 versus Ben 66.6. Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs combined for 41 and a half while Aaron Jones, AJ Brown and DJ, I'm sorry, DK Metcalf all had down weeks of somewhere right around uh, the two point range. So, I was very, very lucky this week to pull out my Super Bowl favorite, uh, Ben Williams. Uh, so uh, just a win that I really, really needed. So we are going to be getting into our standings here. And I actually, I want to do this, this, and we're going to switch over to here and transition. Okay. So we have Josh. Josh is up at the leaderboard with eight and two. Followed by Tyler in second place at 7-2. Ben and Cassie are tied uh, for third and fourth place at 6-4. and four. And then there is one, two, three people who are at 5-5. Five and five. That is Ryan Foster and myself. Uh, Foster is rounding out the sixth place. So uh, everyone below him is uh, currently out of the playoffs. So I'm in seventh place with 5-5. Five and five. Katie is 4-6. and six. Alex is 4-6. and six. Jack, you're 4-6. Jordan, 4-6, and six, and Jay out of the playoff hunt, most likely going to get last place. I thought like it was like 96%. Jay, uh, Jay has a record of 2-4. and four. We are going to be moving on to now uh, a segment that is not in the notes. Jack, I'm sorry, but we are going to be moving over to our... Uh, uh, we have what I feel like is going to be fun to talk about we have playoffs coming up this next week so let's just take a look at um let's look at our playoff picture the road to the playoffs so what you're seeing on this graphic right now up top is that we have a three-week average we have a six-week average and we have a six or we have a season-long average of each team's points per week that they have and um you can see all the way over on the right hand side that the average season average is 94 so i took all the teams and averaged it averaged it out so at 94 points and that's going to be important for a segment that's going to be coming up later here across the board you can see tyler is just dominating up top he has over 100 points average when you look at the previous three weeks previous six weeks and the season average josh uh with the season long average of uh 101.9 and his uh Three week average is over ninety is over ninety, so he he's been a consistent uh, consistently solid team. Uh, but you can the reason I put these three up is that you can take a look and see how consistent and how legit is your team actually. Some of these numbers that you're looking at, like for example, Ryan Herman, even though he is sitting at one one point six over the last six weeks, he's had the lowest of low scores, and he had that massive 180 point week if he did not have that 180 point week there is no way he is even topping 90 points so um that's why i did all um all three of these categories jack did you have any comments or any questions on what's going on with this 
No questions. None for me. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. I think it's really cool. So shout out to you for setting all this up. I hopefully the rest of the legal appreciate it, especially those that are fighting for a playoff spot. I mean, those that are already locked up like Tyler, my uh, Super Bowl picks uh, helps me feel more confident there. And then those of us that are likely out of the playoffs, it's making me sad, especially that six week average. I've had a couple of rough weeks in there, but uh, it's cool to see. It's just like the breakdown and like not only who's in first and second, third, fourth of these scoring averages, but like the difference the drop down there has been is cool to see. So I love it. Uh, just to note, you said that Tyler's made the playoffs. Technically he is not clinched. Josh is the only one who is clinched and Jay is the only one who is not going to be in the playoffs whatsoever. So those are the only two teams that are not fighting for a playoff spot. Although it is almost certain that Tyler will be in the playoffs this year. So, so with that being said, let's move on to my next slide that I have proposed here. And we're going to transition over to here. How much better does your team need to perform to be able to win this next week's matchup? And I took those numbers, the three week, the six week, and the season long difference, and I put it up. And these are this is our week eleven matchup. So if we're looking up at the top, you see that if we're looking at taking the three week numbers, Katie, uh, between my three week average and her week three week average, there is a difference uh, in favor of me by twelve and a half points. And if Katie was to beat me based off of those numbers. Her team would need to uh, outperform herself or themselves by 15.5%. If you look at the six-week difference and the season-long difference, you can see that Katie is actually favored here. So it's just it's kind of a nice tool to see exactly where is your team sitting and how is it stacking up against uh, your opponents coming up uh, in the next week here or two. Is there anything that you'd like to comment or look on or... Um, this slide here. I mean, it doesn't make me feel good that I'm only a two point two point one point favorite over the last place team. So my chances are not looking great. But uh, yeah, it's crazy to see. Just like I think this will help us like week to week as we see this week twelve and week thirteen. I mean, like Foster already mentioned in the group chat, like he needs a miracle to beat Tyler this week. I mean, he's thirty one point three point underdog over the last three weeks. So that's that's crazy. It's gonna kind of really really give you a better idea of what chances you have each week rather than just looking at ESPN's projected scores because we all know those never mean anything. Yeah, no. So, and these, this, this isn't perfect either. Like I said, I mean, I'm just taking averages and subtracting it against the, the opponents that they're coming up against this week. So I do have the week 12 one here coming up right next. And this is our week 12 matchup. So uh, for you, Jack, you're facing uh, Ben in week 12. Uh, you have, you are the underdog in all of them. The if you take a look at the three week numbers, you're a just a slight underdog. But if you take a look at uh, your six week and your season long averages, um, you are closer to double digit underdogs, uh, and your team would need to perform at a minimum of 11 percent better than what they have been to be able to. Uh, to to tie or possibly beat uh, Ben there. So these are some fun slides, and I did post this in the um in our group chat so people can look at these numbers. Uh, so uh, go ahead and uh, take a look at that. And if you have any questions or suggestions, please let me know, and we can um uh, we can make adjustments if need be. This next slide is my favorite slide. It is going to be the one that is um going to uh really uh it's it's about the playoffs the most and this is the strength uh strength of schedule 
and let's see here. I just want to. Uh, I mean that works as for now. We'll we'll just run with it. So, what I did here was I took your season long score. I did. That's all I took. So I took your season long average, and I put it up. Uh, I subtracted it against. So for you, um, for you, Jack, you were going up against Jay. So you're nine point seven point favorite on the uh, on the season long, if I remember right. And then against me, I'm sorry, no, uh, against Ben, you were a nine-point underdog. And then for week 13, you see the week 13 FFA, I took your season average and I subtracted it to the average of the league. So that was the 94, I think it was. Uh, yeah, 94. So I took your season average and minus it 94. And then I took the values of the week 11 point difference, the week 12 point difference, and then the week, week 13 points difference because week 13 is a free-for-all and top six scores will get you a win. And I, um, at, I added them all up and I came up with the SOS or the strength of schedule value. So if you have a negative number, uh, you're going to have a tougher time in, than if you have a positive number. So according to this chart here, you'll see that J, who is the last place team in our league he is going to have the toughest schedule coming forward and tyler who is sitting in second place right now he has the easiest by almost a 70 point uh difference uh in amazing uh, how that works yeah yeah so um i think this chart is i think it's probably the closest thing that i've come up with that is fairly accurate we'll see how it plays out but i just think it gives you a good look at where your team is sitting and what chances do you really have for making the playoffs? I'm not saying this is going to be perfect, but I think it gives you a general idea. So there's that. And like I said, this is viewable in our group chat for anybody who is in the Victoria's Secret Fantasy Football League. So feel free to check it out. Again, if you have questions, comments, or you want to have something altered, we can take a look at that most definitely. Okay. We are going into the last segment for the victorious POD um, for the, the league-specific stuff, and that is going to be our weekly pick'em. Our weekly pick'em is going to start off with... Um, we're just going to go over our points real quick. Jordan takes first place with 47. Uh, Ryan did not score any points. Katie had four points last week, which um, she's uh, rising up the ranks. Alex, you're tied with Jack right now at 41. Tyler, you gained an extra two points, and I am uh, bringing up the rear with 30, and I scored four points last week. So that'll be I, I'm I'm doing better over the last few weeks. So I think that'll be that'll be fun. Let's get into our matchup previews here, and I'm just going to transition back over to here, and let's hide that and transition. Okay, Jack. Looking at the uh, matchups here, we have uh, Foster versus uh, Tyler. Tyler right now being a 21.9 favorite, and the only thing that Foster has the uh, advantage on is the flex with Kenny, Dolliday, Kenny Galladay, who is questionable. He might not even play. What do you see in this matchup? 
I think Foster said it best. Uh, he needs a GD miracle to win this game because it's not looking pretty just with the advantages alone. Plus, I mean, Tyler's only had one bad game this week, this year, and it was last week. Uh, for Foster's side, I really like Cam Newton's match against Houston. I think he should be able to run on them a lot and put up some points there. And Thielen should be a monster versus Dallas, too. I don't think they can really stop him. It just depends on whether they run the ball with Cook more. But Derrick Henry, his number one player versus Baltimore, really scares me. Uh, Henry's usually notoriously good in colder games, like November, December era. But uh, Baltimore is a shutdown defense, so I don't love that. As far as Tyler goes, I talked about it earlier, Russell and Delvin are their worst games of the season. There is no way in hell that they both have bad weeks again for Tyler. Plus, I mentioned DeAndre Swift. If he plays, if he goes to the concussion, he's looking like a RB1 right now, which is a hot take for me. And Julio just got a bye week, so he got to rest up. It seems like he's hurting every single week, but Julio's coming in well-rested and uh, should light it up here. I think for Foster, the only chance that he really has is if Kenny Galladay finally plays. So um, if he doesn't play, I mean, I don't think Foster has a chance. If he does play... Foster's got to get lucky, but uh, I think Tyler's going to probably keep rolling this week. To note, everybody who is playing our game, all eight members picked Tyler to be the winner in this matchup. Uh, Tyler did pick Foster, however, to be the side bet winner. Uh, Cassie, Ryan, and myself all picked um, Tyler to be the Stone Cold Lock of the Century. Oh, the week. All right, we're going to be moving on here. I'm going to hope. Okay, yep, we are going to be moving on. We have uh, Alex versus Jordan this week. Uh, Alex is the 9.2 favorite. Uh, Kyler Murray, Antonio Gibson, and Giovanni Bernard are the uh, advantage uh, players on Alex's team. Over on Jordan's team, you have uh, Miles Sanders, Keenan Allen, Chase Claypool, and Darren Waller for Jordan. Uh, What do you see in this matchup? Alex versus Jordan. Uh, yeah, looking at it, especially right off the bat, Kyler Murray, the quarterback one, it gets the worst pass defense in the league. Uh, he's not doing great in the first half so far, but it looks like, a, as our friend Glick would say, money as far as a matchup goes. Uh, that plus Antonio Gibson and Gio in a head-to-head game of the Bengals and Washington they should both be able to do pretty well, especially if Geo plays over Mixon. Uh, on Jordan's side of the ball, he gets another week of his running back one back with Miles Sanders, plus his three wide receivers, uh, Keenan Allen, Chase Claypool, and Juju. They're all coming off pretty good games the last few weeks, so I think they should all continue rolling. Only thing is just whether you know Claypool takes away from Juju, but I think the chances of either both of them getting 10 to 15 like last week or one of them getting 20-plus is pretty solid. That being said, I don't really like the Adrian Peterson start, um, but I do really like that he picked up Kirk Cousins in his gambling playing him against Dallas, which seems like a really good streaming spot. That probably would have been my streaming pick if uh, Jordan didn't pick him up, so good shot there. The big key, I think, is going to be whether Michael Thomas bounces back to uh, wide receiver one level this week. We talked about that in our water bets earlier. Um, He is playing against Atlanta, which has a terrible pass defense, but he's without Breeze. Uh, He's looked awful, but I think he's probably going to put up like 10 to 12 this week. So decent compared to what he's done, but not compared to what you wanted him for. Um, Also, now that the news is officially broke, I really like Gronk, who's going to be in Alex's uh, lineup instead of Gesicki, I would assume. I think his new addition is going to do solids so please don't do too well gronk but i love you so make me proud um and overall i'm, I'm picking uh alex i believe okay you are not alone everybody in the league who is playing also picked alex so all eight members of the of the pick have picked alex alex picked himself to be the side bet winner jordan and alex both picked alex to be the stone cold lock, lock of the, of the century, century. Oh, the week. <laughs> 
Moving on, we have Ben versus Cassie. Uh, Cassie right now is the 1.7 point favorite. Uh, on her side, Tyreek Hill, Hunter Henry, Damian Harris are the advantages on her, uh, her team. Uh, over on Ben's side, Deshaun Watson, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, and DK Metcalf. Uh, it should be a really, really interesting battle. Jack, what do you see in this matchup? Same thing. I'm loving the quarterback uh, matchup here for Ben's side. I think Deshaun Watson's going to feast against New England. I don't think they're really good at containing a quarterback. So while they might have decent pass defense, he makes his living on running. So I also love the matchups for Justin Jefferson and DK Metcalf this week. Metcalf's already scored a touchdown tonight. I'm sure he'll continue against the Cardinals. Uh, Cook, too, I think has a real good shot. I know he put up a zero-pointer either last week or the week before, but I think he has a solid shot versus a terrible Falcons defense. It just depends on who uh, the Saints choose to get the ball to. On Cassie's side, there's a lot of question marks. Um, Stafford and Drake, I believe, are both coming off recent injuries. Stafford might not even play with his thumb, I think it was last week, after a hard shot. Plus, James Conner's been super disappointed the last couple of weeks. Um, Cooper Cup also has a tough matchup versus Tampa Bay. But that being said, as far as positives, I really like uh, Tyreek on her side and Damian Harris this week. And then back on Ben's, he still does have two of the top running backs, Aaron Jones and Nick Chubb. I mean, they're both guys you have to start every single week. But that said, I would temper expectations for them both a little bit. I think this week they're both facing top 10 at least run defense, if I remember right. So while I'm sure they're still going to have running back two or better numbers, I don't think they're going to be the lights out winners. So it'll be close. I am picking Ben overall just because I like his team top to bottom more. All right, moving on. We uh, actually we're not moving on. Just to clarify, we do have some uh, people who picked both sides of this matchup now. Uh, we have Alex, Jack, Jordan, Ryan, Tyler, and myself who picked Ben. Cassie picked herself in this matchup. Katie also picked Cassie in this matchup. Cassie picked herself to be the side bet winner, and so did Jordan. Moving on, we are going to go to Josh versus Ryan. Josh is the 11.3 favorite in this matchup. Uh, the only advantages that Ryan has on his team is Devontae Adams and Tyler Lockett. Otherwise, over on Josh's side, you've got Patrick Mahomes, Zeke Elliott, James Robinson, uh, Deontay, nope, nope, not that one, Mark Andrews, and Ronald Jones in his flex. So what are you seeing in this game here, Jack? Yeah, um, another another kind of one-sided affair, it feels like. I'm not loving Josh's running back matchups this week. Uh, Zeke versus Minnesota, he has not been great. Josh's favorite, he likes to say, RB1 season with James Robinson is going against Pittsburgh, so that's ugly. And then Ronald Jones, who had a great week last week, he's going against the Rams' tough front seven. So that scares me, but his receivers should be uh, lighting it up on the scoreboard versus Seattle and Jacksonville. Um, Ryan does have a possible breakout game for CEH, as I highlighted earlier. I think it's a chance there. And then he's got a really solid matchup for Lockett versus Arizona, who's got, I think, 43-plus yards and a touchdown already. Um, but New Orleans, I think, is going to shut down Gurley, and I expect Adams and the Packers over all to struggle fantasy wise versus the Colts defense. I think the Packers will still win the game. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I don't see them putting up really solid fantasy wise numbers this game. Overall, I like Josh's really big advantages at quarterback and tight end more. I mean, you're talking about Mahomes versus Burrow and then Mandrews, Mark Andrews versus Dallas Goddard. I think those two are going to be enough to offset any kind of differences in the other side. So I am picking Josh very strongly. Uh, you're not alone. Uh, Cassie, Jack, Jordan, Katie, Tyler, and myself, we all picked Josh. Alex and Ryan both picked Ryan. Jack, Katie, and Tyler all picked uh, Josh to be the Stone Cold Lock of the Century. century. Oh, 
to note, Ryan also picked himself to be the side bet winner. All right, we're going to be moving on. It is going to be uh, it is going to be me or Katie versus me. And so yeah, me. And this is going to personally for me, I think it's going to be matchup of the week right now. It is a zero point one favorite for Katie um, in this line. She's got Justin Herbert, Alvin Kamara, DJ Moore, Will Fuller, and Chase Edmonds. Those players there for her are the advantage uh, advantages on her team. Over on my side, Melvin Gordon and Travis Kelsey, and that's that's about it. So it's going to be real tough. Um, I'm do I do love my uh, pickup the week for quarterback Big Ben, um, Mike Davis. I'm hoping that uh, with his matchup against uh, Detroit, their run defense isn't very good. I'm hoping that uh, he will have a breakout game. Jack, quickly, what did you? Uh, wh- what are you thinking in this matchup? Yeah, um, like you said, super close projection, separated by a tenth of a point. I think if I had to talk about like earlier in the show when we do uh, Jack's game of the week to watch, this is it. And the next game that I t- our next match I talk about will be Jack's game to avoid because nobody will care. Um, overall, these teams very. You guys both feel very similar to me. I think you're both going to be fighting it out for like one of the last playoff spots. I think if Katie wins, she would basically flip flop with you in the playoffs. So, I mean, you guys are both like right in that five to seven range. That being said, I feel like your team's scarier because, I mean, you're fighting for this and currently in the top six without CMC. So if you make it, I think you're one of those, like, five or six seeds that could make a lot of noise, whereas Katie's, I think, is just underperformed versus what I expected. So it'll be really interesting. I think whoever loses this week is going to have a tough time making the top six. Um, going with you, only because I'm surprised more people didn't do this, but with, with you technically being the underdog, if you do win, I get two points, whereas if Katie won, wins and I pick her, I get one point. So I'm going with the NFL or the – league weekly pick them thing here just trying to get some points back cherry pick a little bit so to speak um on katie's side fantasy wise herbert i think is gonna have a chance to put up his season high which he's already had some like 29 and 30 point games but he's going against the jets defense which is terrible so i think this should be really good for the rookie uh alvin kamara could be the high scorer of all positions quarterbacks included for the week versus the falcons i mean with breeze out they're gonna dump it off to him and run the ball a lot and he's really the only option right now but jonathan taylor feels really gross to me he's disappointed a lot lately and chase edmonds is a toss-up versus drake i believe drake got the touchdown already so chase edmonds hasn't done a ton but uh we'll see what he does versus seattle going forward and then on Walter's side like I said no Christian McCaffrey but I think Davis is going to be really really good versus Detroit this week Big Ben has a prime matchup versus Jacksonville and then Kelsey's back I'm worried for Melvin Gordon's efficiency versus Miami and then Robert Woods versus Tampa Bay is tough so overall I'm picking you it should be really close though right on Katie Tyler myself and you all picked me to win this matchup I picked myself to be the side bet winner uh Alex, Cassie, Jordan, and Ryan, they picked Katie to be the winner of that matchup. All right, we're going to get into our last matchup here. It is Jack uh, versus Jay over on, well, you are a 5.7 point favorite to win this matchup. Uh, Your advantageous, the advantage players that you have are Josh Jacobs, Kalen Balaj, ick, that is gross. Uh, Christian Kirk and Taysom Hill um, over on Jay's side, Aaron Rodgers, Brandon Cooks and T Higgins in his flex. What do you see in this matchup, Jack? 
you're laughing at my players, and I really don't appreciate it. Um, <laughs> I basically had the same reaction when I looked at my starters today, uh, just with a couple of people on by and Mixon possibly still being out. I was putting these guys in that, like, on paper have decent matchups and should, you know, they've been doing better lately. But, like, if you would have told me this was a starting lineup at the start of the season, I would have been like, which team stopped caring about their team? Like, who didn't pick anybody up? Like, these are all guys that you, like, haven't even heard of before. So it's just gross. I mean, if you told me that I was going to have to start Kalen Balaj, Christian Kirk, Taysom Hill, Michael Pittman in the same week, it probably would have made me throw up. So it's really, really bad. But I think it still will get the job done because I think this is kind of where it shows where you have to be, like, a a knowledgeable or, like, a savvy general manager. I'm working with what I got. I've made some pickups that I think are going to make sense for the week of. Um, I will probably be subbing in Duke Johnson if he plays over Michael Pittman maybe. Um, But we will see. Overall fantasy breaking this down. I'm 99% sure I don't even deserve to be in the playoffs anyways, but if I can't beat Jay, that definitely is going to confirm it. That'll pretty much knock me out. And honestly, if Jay can beat me and get within one game of me, it'll actually put me in the running for possibly getting the, the toilet bowl punishment. So we'll see. Um, it is nice though, to play the bottom team when you win a week or when you need a win this week, but is it going to be too little or too late for me? Um, as far as quarterbacks go, Brady looked great last week for me, but he's going to have a really tough game against the Rams, I think. And then Josh Jacobs did put up 20 and a half when he played the Chiefs last last time earlier in the season. So hopefully he can recreate some of that magic. Um, on Jay's side, I expect Rodgers to have a tougher time, like I mentioned, versus, versus the Colts. So I don't think he should win it for Jay this week. Um, Fournette took a backseat to Ronald Jones last week, but it's always a threat for him. And then Hollywood feels like he's due. So shout out to uh, Alan Dave's, Dave Dave. Uh, also known as Fancy Linder Stousen. Um, Hollywood Brown, as well as Mike Davis, would be two of my picks for the uh, Dave's He's Due Dudes this week. I don't know if you guys even, either of you listen to our show consistently, but uh, shout out to that segment, Dave. I'm loving it. Um, overall, I am going to pick myself. I'm not feeling great about it. Um, I'm very, very worried. I think my only hope is to win this week, but we will see. And a side note, we already talked about it. I am going to be starting Taysom Hill with trading away Gronk. So I think that's a really, really savvy pickup. I think that could be potential to have me win, especially if maybe Taysom Hill comes in in the second half. I might get like two quarterbacks to start out of the deal. So we'll see what I can do. Right on. Uh, People who pick Jack this week, that'd be Alex Cassie, Jack Jordan, Katie, and myself. Ryan picked Jay. We are done with all of our matchups. I'm sure everybody is real happy about that. I know that I am. We're going to transition back over to here. Let's move into guillotine. It's time to who got the chop this last week. Jack, who got it? I'm not happy about it, man. I don't want to talk about it. It was uh, it was me. Back-to-back weeks, we had the, uh, the podcast host go down. So now we're just never going to cover the segment again because neither of us care. So take that. Yep, it's over. That's fine with me. So, um. Available um, players this week. Uh, Derrick Henry was picked up by Kevin for $337. No, 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 no. Just kidding. That's incorrect. That's all incorrect? I. That's all incorrect. I didn't update it because it was my team, so I was just going to cover it and talk about it quickly. But um, going through, not a lot of people have a lot of budgets left, so people didn't uh, spend a whole lot for my team. But um, Sorry, ignore my dog going rabbit in the background. Uh, I, we had Keenan Allen get picked up by Dave for $126. Thank God he spent that much because uh, the next highest bid was $25. So he only spent 101 over the next closest bid. Uh, Skull is pronounced Skull. 
which I believe is Josh. Yeah, he picked up Travis Kelsey for $100, which uh, Travis Kelsey was my savior this year, so enjoy that. Uh, Foster picked up Terry McLaurin for $65. Next highest bid was also $1, so people are just not sure what to spend when nobody else has money, but I get it. you got to get your players and stay alive where you can. Uh, Al, with a, a very frugal, savvy bid of $21 to get A.J. Brown. Um, Dave also picked up Naheem Hines. He was not owned by me, but I believe he was in the free agent pool for 15 bucks. Al picked up Damien Harris from me for $1. Al picked up DJ Moore from me for $1, just pillaging my team. Uh, he also picked up Justin Herbert from me for $1, and Foster picked up Raheem Mostert for $1. Um, not shown on the Fab Report, I believe also Jordan picked up Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, and Michael Thomas, all for free. So shout out to that. He had $0 left, but he got them after nobody else bid on them. So Nobody bid on Travis Kelsey day one, which means that anybody could have gotten him for $1, and then Josh got him today. And then nobody bid on Travis Kelsey for not one, but two days, and Jordan just picked him up. Or, uh, no, nah, I'm sorry, not Travis Kelsey, Michael Thomas, and Jordan just picked him up for free. So overall, very, very fr- frustrated. Um, my team came down to the wire and barely lost out to passing, I believe, Foster and Jordan. Um, I was right there, and I think I needed – Oh, I don't even remember who I needed anymore. It was it was painful to watch, but um, my team was very close. I believe I was averaging like 125 points a week. I was third in points for the last like three weeks, and then I got knocked out. I didn't have any near-death experiences. I wasn't even close to the bottom most weeks. I finished now with the current highest average point total at 122, and uh, we are now down to, I believe, seven teams. So, I mean, I made it in the top half, and all the other teams that are left are solid. We're going we're gonna to see what happens from here on out. Right on. Okay. Um, I just, before we get into our dynasty stuff, I just wanted to throw this up here real quick. Uh, I forgot to throw this up there. These are all of the picks so people can see all of the picks that we had. Uh, this is mainly for our league members here. So uh, there is that. And we can, now that it's been up for a few minutes, we'll transition back. All right. Our dynasty league, Jack. What's going on in dynasty? Uh, really quick without breaking it down too much because nobody cares about my team specifically. I am on a two-game losing streak. I started 7-1, and one, and I am now down to 7-3, and three, so I believe I'm still tied for first, but I'm losing on the points total. Um, I lost to Al last week, who beat me pretty easily. I had a couple people on by and a couple that just did not perform. This week, though, I am playing against Tyler, um, who, after some rough injury breaks, I believe he lost Dak for the year. He lost Odell Beckham. He's had some issues. It looks like he's kind of converting into full tank mode, which he's a savvy dynasty player. He's he's won many a championship, so he knows what he's doing, which hopefully means I can get an easy week this week. Um, I got Tyler Lockett, who already scored, and uh, he's starting a lot of guys that are backups, so should be able to get to right the ship here and move forward. How about you? Right on. Last week I played Foster. It was an ugly game, low-scoring game. I believe it was. No, it wasn't Foster. I did not play Foster. I played, nope. I played Dave Roden. And I had like 90 points. I actually had a really decent week. Um, that projected me into first place. I am now tied with Jack and I have more points than him. So now I am the leader in the Deflate These Balls League. Well, come on. We are leading. Like it's a team podcast effort here. No. I'm number one. <laughs> no. In the standings, it says I'm still, number one. Still, the two guys that have never played Dynasty. Yeah, no, that's great. The two guys on this podcast are winning. We are winning. We are in first and second place. We are tied with the same record, but I am sitting in first place since I have more points for, and I will not share that at all with anybody. Sorry, I'm going to be greedy there. (laughs) 
This week, I am playing the Garlic Johnson from the Hidden Oaks Overdose Football Fix podcast. His team name is Stud and Duds, and he is starting Jared Goff this week, so that is all you need to know about how great his fantasy football team is. So, so we're both playing tanking teams. That's good. Correct. I Yes, I should. If I lose this week, should I quit my podcast? Well, no, because then that means I'm done. So. <laughs> All right, so I'm not going to do that. But if I lose to Garlic Johnson, it'll be uber embarrassing, and I'm sure I'll be made fun of even more over on the Hidden Oaks Overdose Football Fix podcast. Garlic will probably be more upset than you will because you'll be actually yes. Oh yeah, because well that's true. Like Garlic isn't he's going to be last place no matter what, even if he gets his one win. So true, it's not going to matter. So I want him to just start all of his studs one week and be like f you guys and destroy somebody for one win. He's got Mahomes on his bench. That's all you need to know. And Kamara and Josh Jacobs and Jonathan. Yeah, he's got yeah. some sol- solid guys next yeah, year. Yeah, he does. All right, so that's going to do it with our Dynasty League. We've got the Hood DFS Play Along Challenge. Yep. Don't read um, that because that's not accurate. I've updated it since. That's fine. I know that I'm in second place, um, even mm-hmm. even though I have you know, to deal with all these Lincoln Logs and stuff like that. So, um, But yeah, I'm still in second place. You, you know. Josh, I love my Lincoln Logs, and I love I love this Lincoln Log podcast, and I'm still gonna whoop your ass in uh, DFS, and that's just fine. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. How did I'm not you sure do if last you week? The standings. Uh, yeah, because um, I, I can can't pull it up. up right now. My phone's not working. But while I'm talking about mine, I put up I think fifth or sixth most points last week. I had like another 109 or 111. So finally, a good one. I think I had like four or five weeks in a row of like bottom five or six. So. Bouncing back and keeping it close. Um, I think I'm in the top five. If you're in third, I was right behind you. So I think I'm at least fourth, fifth, or sixth. You are sixth right now with 1,203 points. I'm in second place with 1,222 points. I am a mere 26 (laughs) points behind Nikita, Josh's wife. So let's go. I want to win some money. Ahead of me. So second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth are separated by 19 points. So I mean, yeah. it's, it's wide open. Yeah, yeah, it is. So we're going to keep going. So uh, it's a fun it's a fun matchup. Uh, I never thought I'd have this much fun playing DFS in the league. I'm super happy that we went along with it and did it. So are there any people that you're looking at this week? Yeah, I'm definitely uh, looking at Mike Davis. I think he's still very cheap comparatively. I mean, he's the only guy with CMC there, and he's playing against... Um, Detroit, who has a pretty bad run defense. Um, I was looking at DeAndre Swift, but now that he's hurt, it kind of scares me away. And then I feel like lately I've been picking a lot of cheaper quarterbacks just because I feel like the top-end quarterbacks are so expensive. Um, so I might uh, I might roll with Big Ben. I think he's only for like 8000 against Jacksonville. Otherwise, um, who else was I looking at? There's a couple of other guys. I mean, if you want to get risky, you can always go with like Taysom Hill as your, your quarterback or your tight end. Um, Kirk Cousins, though, versus Dallas is only 7,100. So there's a couple of guys. I try to go with the studs and duds approach myself in DFS. Uh, for me, I, I'm just going to list two players. Uh, if I don't know why I'm taking a big risk, but I'm going to take a big risk at quarterback, and I'm going to go with um, Jameis Winston. So I think I'm going to try that. And then Delvin Cook is going to be my running back probably from here on out. So that's pretty much it. All right. So that was our show. We made it. We made it all the way through. We were a little late. We were a little long. It happens. It's 
kind of normal. We were actually shorter than two hours this last time, so that's that's pretty decent, pretty cool. We want to thank all of our viewers who stuck with us throughout the whole show. I think Foster and Alex were the ones who did that, so I appreciate you guys if if uh, if you're viewing the show right now and I didn't mention your name when we were live, I apologize, but I just see how many viewers I have, not who who they are. So thank you very much. Oh boy, that's really loud. Let's do that. All right, so where you can find us again, you can find us on YouTube.com. Please leave us a comment. Please subscribe to us. We are on a journey to 100 subscribers. Go to anchor.fm slash the victorious POD. Leave us a voice message, Twitter, email. You know the you know all the places. Jack, why don't you say goodnight to the folks? Good night, everyone. Thanks for joining in. Um, really excited for this last pay up, playoff push here and uh, to go watch some exciting football. The Cardinals just scored again to come up 14 to 16. So I'll go watch that. And then after that, I'm probably going to uh, go play with some Lincoln Logs or something. I don't know. Lincoln Logs for life, bro. Have a great night. Bye.